the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is brought to you by the offices of Dr. Robert Bass in River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, a church that exists to help people find the real life they were created for. It's according to John 10, 10, where Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And we're studying the book of Philippians in the series Under Construction, now in chapter 4, with a message called The Secret. What is the secret to life? And living life to the full. And what is the secret to contentment? Well, I'm not telling, but Pastor Sean Azaro will. In fact, the notes to this message are available as a free download along with the podcast at reallife.org. And click on that sermon archive link. The conversation begins now. Let the secret be made known. This is Real Life Radio. If you have your Bibles with you, why don't you turn to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to continue there. We're in this series called Under Construction. Um, walking through the book of Philippians, we're in the final chapter and we're in this little mini series because Paul takes a big chunk of this book to say thank you for a financial gift he was given, but also to teach a little bit about finances because it's something that is so prevalent. We, none of us can escape it. It's our medium of exchange. It's how we meet our needs. We saw that last week. It is a deeply personal thing because it's how we take care of the stuff that we need. And so we, our needs are given to us by God, and they are supposed to draw us to Him. Unfortunately, our needs often draw us everywhere else. They draw us away. They lead us to other things. They're supposed to constantly bring us back to that place where we say, Father, and, and it's designed to draw us into relationship with Him. We saw last week that, that one of the gifts that God wants to give us is the freedom from this illusion of ownership. The illusion of ownership causes all kinds of hardship and pain. The ability to let go and release our death grip on our stuff because the bottom line is we can't take it with us. And we talked about this, this gift that God's given us, this tutor called the tithe. And we said the tithe is not for God to take your money, but for you to train your heart. If you didn't hear that message, I encourage you to go back online and listen to that message. It is a foundational understanding and principle for how we, as believers, as followers of Jesus, handle finances. It teaches us. It is a worship act. And and I think if you miss that point, you're always going to struggle with this ownership issue. And that is a heart problem. It's not a checkbook problem. It's a heart problem that will plague us. So I encourage you, if you missed that message, go back and check that out. We're going to pick up now in verse 10 and talk a little bit more about God's financial plan for us. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that you have at last renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you've been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. 
Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out for Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I'm looking for the gift. I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. I've received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied. Now that I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, they are fragrant offering. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to ask you something about a couple of the phrases that Paul said there. I want to ask you if you really believe them as it applies to your life. Do you believe that you can do all things through him who strengthens you? Now, I don't I I want to be careful because the natural thing we're in church. I just said one of the favorite scriptures of everyone in the world. So when I say, do you believe I can do all that? "Mm." Oh, preach it. You know, someone's getting hanky out in the back. Okay, I want to avoid the hanky response. Okay, I want you really think about your life. Think about that big problem at work. Think about that relational issue. Think about the financial mountain you're looking at. Whatever it is, do you really believe? As Paul says from prison, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Because that is a world-changing paradigm. It really is. Do you believe that? Do you believe God wants you amply supplied? Okay? Because he said... He said, I am amply supplied. Do you believe that that's God's desire? Or would you maybe fill in, well, God wants me meagerly supplied because that's what it feels like sometimes. Or something in my theology says, God wants me meagerly supplied. And do you believe, as Paul said, he will supply all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus? Do you believe those things? I mean, again, I don't want our church answer, our hanky answer. I want the, okay, it's Monday through Saturday. I'm in the car. I'm in the office. I'm at the house answer. Because that's where it matters. This is a paradigm. What do we believe God's heart and his desire is for us financially? I want to give you three things that I believe scripturally are irrefutably God's desire for us when it comes to this stuff we handle every day called money. God's financial plan for you and for me is this. One, freedom. It is freedom. God wants you to be financially free. He doesn't want you bound. That's what we talked about last week with that issue of ownership. One of the things that binds us, binds our heart and then our stuff and then our money is this issue of it's mine. When the reality is we came in with nothing, we're going to leave with nothing. It's all a 70, 80, 90 year loan. God wants us to be free. Financially free. God wants us to prosper. He wants to, prosperity is God's financial plan for you. I want you to Write that down and think about that. And third, God's plan for your finances is purpose. He wants our stuff and our money not just to help us eke by an existence. He wants it to matter. He wants us to be able to know that not only with our time and our talent, but with our treasure, if you will, we made a difference. The world is a different place because we were here and we can feel a sense of being aligned with his purposes in that. Now that number two, the, 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 the prosper. God wants you to prosper. This surprises some people. And I want to just take a few moments this morning and address that. A lot of people have this idea. No, 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 no. God wants me miserable. And if not really miserable, broke. Because I'm a sinner and i got to pay my penance. And so, therefore, he wants me to be broke and poor and miserable. And, you know, nobody comes out and really says that. But a lot of people act like it. And it's not on our, what I'll call our, our lip theology. But sometimes it's in our heart theology. 
okay, which sometimes don't match. Our, you can always tell what our heart theology is by the way we live and by the way we actually respond. And a lot of people think God, no, 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 he wants us to be poor. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Do you believe that? 3 John verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. In other words, people, some might say, well, I know God wants my soul to prosper, but here on earth, man, the poorer I am, the better off I am, the more miserable I am, the better off I am because it, it, it helps my character. And suffering, if you do it with the Lord, can build your character. That's true. But God's plan for you is not, that God didn't create you for suffering. Scripture says that in all respects, may you prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. God is not out to make you miserable and poor. God, in Psalm 1, God talks about the, the person who is a man of God, a woman of God. And, and it says whatever he or she does prospers. They prosper. Now, I, I want to be very careful. The, the reason we have to talk about this is because I, I want to suggest you have to trust God's heart in every area of your life including finances, before you'll ever trust his plan. You see what I'm saying? You have to trust that his heart for you is good. His desire is to bless you. His desire is to give you life, purpose, meaning, joy, fulfillment, freedom. That's his desire. Now, I want to challenge you. When I say prosper, some people automatically go, oh, good, God wants me to be rich. I want to, I want to just pull that back a bit, and I want to warn you about the danger of equating prosperity with wealth. I grew up with a lot of wealthy people. I grew up around some of the wealthiest people in the nation and spent a lot of time with them. And I would say, I lived in this split world, okay? I lived in a totally split world. I, I went to, I, I grew up playing polo and some of the most powerful, wealthy people in the world I knew on a first-name basis, saw all the time, and that was a, a world I was in. I was also a Pentecostal born-again Christian in a little Assembly of God church. And we did believe, you know, Jesus wants you poor because you're more God than when you're poor, okay? So here I am like the ultimate, you know, paradox, you know, playing polo on, on, on certain times of my week and then in this Pentecostal church. And I will tell you something. Now, it's an unfair comparison because these people, for all of the uniquenesses of my Pentecostal upbringing, these people love Jesus and were full in him. But my paradigm was, wait a minute, these people, a lot of them are poor. These people, a lot of them are rich. I saw a converse relationship to wealth and joy and, quote, prosperity. I mean, and I know that's an unfair comparison because these people had life in Christ. But still, it was one of those things where I saw early on wealth and prosperity are not necessarily the same. You have to avoid, and, and also in certain church circles, we our, our church wasn't necessarily into this, which I was very grateful for, but in certain kind of churches around us they, they taught what was called a prosperity doctrine and it was it was a by the way it's a church filling doctrine if we need to just kind of grow the church real quick i just need to start preaching that god wants everyone rich and if i want to really get the finances up i want to say i'll start teaching what god wants to do to get everyone rich is have them give their money to our church or to my television ministry <laughs> preach that <laughs> i was like "Ooh, i've heard that it's called the prosperity doctrine and, and i want to say if you've been taught that growing up that god wants everyone rich and the way to sow that seed of wealth is to give lots of money to a ministry. I, I want to say to you, it's a lie. It contradicts the scripture, the plainly stated scripture. Listen to what Paul wrote 
our same author, different letter, 1 Timothy 6, beginning verse 3. If anyone teaches false doctrine, doesn't agree with sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ, godly teaching, he's conceited. He understands nothing. He has unhealthy interest in controversies, quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicion, constant friction between men of corrupt mind, listen, who've been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. There it is. He goes on to say, but godliness with contentment is great gain. We brought nothing into the world. We can take nothing out of it. Hey, I've heard that before. See last week. If we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. Hey, didn't Jesus say something about that last week, that God's going to meet your needs? But he talked specifically about food and covering. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and trap, into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. That doesn't sound like fun to me. That doesn't sound like joy to me. And yet I've seen that exact thing. Paul is warning us that his desire is freedom. His desire is prosperity. His desire is purpose when it comes to this issue of the stuff that we have and the money that we handle. And you are listening to Real Life Radio, a service of River City Community Church, which meets every Sunday morning at the corner of Redland Road in Jones-Maltzberger, just inside Loop 1604. You can find details, directions, and service times at their website, reallife.org. And we'd like to take a moment to mention that today's program is made possible by the office of Dr. Robert Bass Internal Medicine. His office is located at 1202 East Santera, Suite 701. The phone number is 210-404-2650. And we'll be right back in one minute with more of this message called The Secret. And this is Real Life Radio. Decisions about your child's education are some of the most important decisions that you as a parent will ever have to make. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and I'd like to introduce you to an exceptional new educational opportunity available here in San Antonio. We have recently partnered with Believers Academy to form the new River City Believers Academy, a school with a tradition of academic excellence and a vision to prepare students for real life. RCBA equips students with the academic tools to thrive in an ever-changing world, as well as the character and worldview to make the best use of those tools. Each child is unique, so our faculty is committed to using creative and innovative approaches in the classroom to engage different learning styles. River City Believers Academy is an affordable private Christian school dedicated to preparing your student to become a leader in his or her chosen field. We're accepting applications for the fall semester in all grades, from K through 12. For information, call 656-2999 or look us up on the web at believersacademy.org. Welcome back, and we return to Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church, who's teaching out of Philippians chapter 4, and this is Real Life Radio. For the love of money, verse 10, is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Paul calls the the prosperity doctrine uh, false. He calls it false doctrine, and he says it is dangerous to us. It is dangerous to our souls, to our faith, to our future. So do not equate prosperity with wealth, because prosperity is in spite. And I've told you this before, but I want you to remember this phrase, and I want you to keep it. God wants to prosper you in spite of how much or how little you have in the bank. Really, he is really big. He is able to prosper you. I mean, really prosper you. The whole thing, the whole enchilada, joy, fulfillment, purpose, life, relationships, the big picture stuff. He is able to prosper you even if you have very little money. 
or if you have a lot. Money, you know, God, if you have a lot, God, God has some principles to tell you how to live with a lot. It's a, it's a different challenge. It's a whole different kind of understanding. We Americans should probably be aware of that because most of us live by world standards with a lot. And our, a lot is often our biggest curse. Our biggest headache is our stuff, our wealth and trying to hang on to it, trying to take care of it, trying to keep other people from getting it, all that stuff. God wants to give us some joy and freedom in spite of if we have it or if we don't. And his word gives us a way to do that. And I also want to beware the other side. I, you, you know, you can't equate wealth with godly living. You also can't equate poverty with godly living. I saw, I, I don't believe poverty. I go and I, I've been, I've worked in places with extreme poverty. And I see all kind. Of, I see so much that is the curse and the res, it is the result of the curse. It is a result of sin in the lives of sometimes the people there, sometimes the culture and the society around them. I don't think either of those our God's desire. Paul mentioned a, a word here in Timothy, in First Timothy, that he also mentioned in Philippians. The word is contentment. Contentment. If you're taking notes, you should write that word down. Contentment. That is the center of biblical truth regarding finances and possessions and stuff. Contentment. That Paul said in First Timothy passage, verse 6, godliness with contentment is great gain. What is contentment? The Greek word is autarchaeus, and it means to be completely filled. I need absolutely nothing. I'm fulfilled, I'm satisfied, and I'm complete. Can you imagine a person like that? Totally content? I need nothing. I mean, you think of even financially content, materially content. I don't need a bigger place. don't need a better car. I don't need more money. I'm content. Do you know what that we call that? We call that a rich person. That's what we call it. We call that a rich person, someone who, no, ooh, no, uh, oh, more, oh, I, no, I'm good. I've got enough. I mean, imagine the gift of contentment in our lives. Paul warns, he says, money tempts and ensnares and the love of money and the pursuit of money tempts and ensnares. It causes foolish, harmful desires, plunges men into ruin and destruction. He says that the love of money, this obsession with it is the root of all kinds of evil. If money is not the secret of contentment, if possessions aren't the secret of contentment, then what is? Well, we go back to 1 Corinthians 4. What do you say? I know the secret. That's what I called this message, the secret. I know the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. There it is. The secret of contentment. I mean, imagine... What we talked about contentment is being filled. I need nothing. And, and what we're talking about, what Paul's saying is because of Christ, in Christ, I am filled. I don't need anything. I have plenty, more than enough. I am amply supplied in every way because I have Jesus. In Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews 13.5, I love this passage. Listen to what it says. Keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Same concept. Because of his presence. Because of what Jesus talked about in Matthew 6. Father knows what you need. Because he's there, he'll never leave me, never forsake me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can be content. If you're taking notes, write this down. The secret to prosperity is contentment. The secret to contentment is Jesus. The secret to prosperity is contentment. The secret to contentment is Jesus. 
I'm starting to get that thing. And see, when you grow up Pentecostal, this happens to you. I'm starting to like want to get to preaching, get my good preaching on here. And just the understanding of what Christ does in our lives. And Paul is saying, it, he is the secret to being content. This, by the way, is the biblical center regarding finances. People will try to tell you, no, 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 to really love Jesus and honor God, you have to be poor. That's not truth. No, no, really to love God and, and, to, and to experience fullness in him, you've got to be rich. That's not truth. What the scripture teaches over and over and over and over is, no, to really love God and be filled with him, you need to be content. You need to be content. Contentment is a gift. This is a huge discipleship issue. This is one of the things that I think gets in the way of so many Christians as far as spiritual growth. Because so, remember what Jesus said about your eye. When your eye is bad, your whole body is bad. You're the whole man, the whole person is bad because it's your vision. Contentment changes everything when it comes to that. We have such a desire to acquire, if you will that we totally miss out on the great stuff of life that God has for us because we're so busy going after the stuff, going after the things, going after the money, which will buy us the stuff and the things. And we miss out on the real prosperity of life. The secret to prosperity is contentment. The secret to contentment is Jesus. A couple of truths. Number one, contentment opens our eyes to the blessings around us. Contentment opens our eyes to the blessings around us. We call it gratitude, and it is one of the sweetest character traits a person can possess. I love hanging with grateful people. You ever been around someone who you just know they're grateful? The littlest things are a source of joy and life. My mom was that way. She went through tough, tough circumstances. She battled cancer for a lot of years, but in her Christian life, she... You know, she went through a, a very difficult divorce. She went from having a lot of resources to almost having nothing. She went through some big things that most people say that would derail you. I, I can't recall a more thankful person. I, you know, I'm not trying to make her a saint here, okay? She, she would complain about things. She'd get mad. She'd bust on us kids, stuff like that, okay? She's a regular mom. But she truly was so thankful. There were times we had to pull the car over because she was crying with gratitude and joy because of something God did. I was so happy when I turned 16 and got my driver's license because we could actually make a whole trip. Because I could celebrate and drive. You know, I could give thanks and make it to the, our destination. Okay? She had such thankfulness, the, the simplest little things. And God took care of her. I, I really, in talking with particularly single moms who maybe lost their husband or experienced a divorce and now have been financially wrecked. I find myself, whenever I talk to one of them and I'm trying to help and give some guidance and, and come alongside, I start telling them about my mom. Because she truly experienced, because of that gratitude, she truly experienced this sense of God being her father, her husband, her provider in an, in an unusual way. She lived very simply and yet lived very full. And it was, I think, in part because her contentment opened her eyes to the blessings around her. Gratitude. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Ecclesiastes 6.9 says, What the eye see is better than what the soul desires. This too is futility and a striving after the wind. That's a powerful understanding. Focusing on what you want will blur your vision of what you have. I get absolutely insane 
when I see these beautiful women, I mean, nothing wrong with beautiful women, don't get me wrong, but who then go start going under the knife for cosmetic surgery. These actresses, some of them, I just love the collagen stuff with the lips. I mean, have you ever seen some beautiful actress who looks like she just got punched in the face? I mean, really, she's sitting there, you know, trying to do this scene seriously and just looking at you. Dude, seriously? You were beautiful. Now you look like you got mugged. We should, is there a police report? Can we help? Did they take your purse? I'm serious. It's just like they look like they got punched in the face. And you know her before. You saw her last movie. She's beautiful. There was a model. She was actually Miss Argentina. 38 years old. Husband. Twin boys. She, uh, she was starting to notice signs of aging in her body. And she went to have her backside tightened up and supported. <laughs> True story. Something went wrong in the surgery and she died. She was gorgeous, but she wasn't content. What's wrong with us? You ever seen some of these poor women who they're just gorgeous actresses, models, and then they, they, they start getting so skinny and you realize, oh my gosh, something has gone in their head and they've now become anorexic and they're now killing themselves in front of the whole world on film. Because somehow it doesn't matter. They can never look at themselves and be content and say, wow, thank you, God. I'm, I'm happy with who I am. I'm happy. You made me a beautiful person. You made me a beautiful woman. And so I'm going to go live my life now and enjoy. I mean, these people are in the world. eyes are on top of the world. They have everything. They're not content. Gratitude. Thanksgiving opens our eyes to the blessings we already have instead of focusing on what we don't have. We have to stop right there, but we'll be back next week at this time as you've been listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. However, the MP3 download of this full message is available right now for free at reallife.org where you can also find the details and directions to River City Community Church. We hope you come visit soon. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church and made possible by Dr. Robert Bass Internal Medicine, as next time we'll continue this study in the book of Philippians as it applies to real life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.